Hello and welcome to Empowered, the empowerment podcast where I, Imogen Barnes, embrace the power of the human spirit, storytelling, and the unity that comes from lived experiences. Tune in to be informed, inspired, and above all, hope instilled. Hello, my fabulous friends, and welcome back to Empowered. I don't even know if there are words to describe my fabulous guest this week. Honestly, I feel like the only description that does her spirit remotely any justice is to describe her as a sunshine personified. Jessie, so this week's guest of honour, is literally just that. Like, if a human being could be a sunshine, it would be Jessie. I've known Jess... For years, we've actually um, connected via socials. Yeah, years ago, she is known as Flourishing Jessie. You can find her under the handle at Flourishing Jessie. And I have had like the true privilege of watching her blossom and grow and just become the amazing person that she is today. Jess, as she puts it herself, has her fingers in many pies. She is a eating disorder, OCD, and anxiety recovery advocate. She also teaches yoga dance and everything talented and magical in between she has this ceaseless degree of passion to help other people and if anyone is going to make you fall back in love with this gift we call life it's Jess now as usual I'm going to apply a trigger warning to this episode because Jess and I do discuss eating disorders and mental health issues so if those are topics that a impede your peace in any way please do feel free to click away and to protect your serenity and with that said, let's hear from the fabulous, the magical, the sunshiny Jess. Today we are met with the fabulous, the most wonderful, flourishing Jessie. Jessie, please do introduce yourself. <laughs> hello, hello, Imogen, and anyone who is listening, I guess. Hello. <laughs> hello. Who Jessie, who are you? What do you do? You're amazing, but like, let's hear about it. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, my name is Jessie or some people call me Jess. I don't know, just whatever you feel. Um, <laughs> whatever you're feeling on the day. I love that. It shake it up. Yeah. Yeah, shake it up. It's, it's fine. Um, what do I do? This is a hard question because I feel like I just try and do everything. <laughs> Actually, do. You are, like, fierce. I don't know how you do as many things. Like, you are, like, maybe a time traveller. Maybe that's how you do it. Yeah, I don't know what happens. Like, maybe when I'm, like, dreaming like things get done I'm not really sure but <laughs> it's spectacular you're yeah. a multitasker <laughs> at the moment I teach dance yoga and pilates which I love um I'm also a mental health support worker and I work also with eating disorders Victoria um which is really cool and I'm studying <laughs> Um, just to throw that in there as well just to throw it in there I'm studying my cert three and four in fitness which because the fitness industry needs some change so I'm going to try and do that 
and um (laughs) and just to like top it off as if I wasn't busy enough I also started studying my diploma of community services to help with all of the mental health kind of stuff Jesse you are superhuman that's the only explanation (laughs) (laughs) literally like Mm. you mustn't sleep I mean you're astonishing like honestly you are an incredible force of nature Oh, thank you. There's just so many things that I'm passionate about. And like, I think I see things that I like think need fixing or change. And I'm like, oh, me, I can help. (laughs) And then I get, then I get myself into all of these different things. Um, But yeah. The world needs more Jessies, honestly. (laughs) Oh, this is spectacular. Jessie, would you like to give us a bit of an insight into where your passions come from, your journey, your experiences, what fuels your fire? Yeah. Um, I guess like as a kid, I always had anxiety. Like it was always a thing for me. I remember the first day of year seven, I had the biggest panic attack ever, like my first one. And I was bawling my eyes out, but like, I didn't know that that's what it was. And I just was being like my whole family was so confused and I was getting sore stomachs every day of the holidays as soon as I started school like after the first week my sore stomachs went away um I wasn't crying anymore all that kind of stuff because the anxiety went away because I realized it was all good and that's when like I first realized that I have quite quite the anxiety quite quite the anxious brain um And yeah, that's where it kind of like goes back to. But um, through high school, I managed pretty all right. But by the end of high school, I was just like not really managing as well. I was still having lots of fun and I was like not being held back too much. Um, But it was just that annoying little like niggly voice in your head that kind of just like says those annoying things to you. And I didn't know at the time, but I was getting like intrusive thoughts and things like that. But I was like, it's kind of embarrassing to admit. So I was just like pushing that one to the side. So it was all kind of going on. And then my eating disorder decided to start popping up. I mean, if anyone who's listening to this has done dancing before, I'm sure like you'll be able to relate or you'll know someone who has you know gone through like a similar thing like it's scarily and sadly really common I think in like dancing and gymnastics is quite similar as well all that kind of stuff but I knew that I wanted to go to full-time dance so I started training a lot more at my dance school and they basically said if you want to go to full-time dance you're gonna have to lose weight I was such a normal size human. When I look back at photos now, oh my gosh, I just like want to tap my head because um, I was just like the most normal looking human, like did not need to lose weight at all. But that's when my eating sort of kind of kicked off and everyone knew me as like the quote, like healthy person, which like isn't even a thing, but like. Oh, I understand. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and I like, like took so much pride in that, which now looking back, I'm like, oh, so boring. Like just eat the birthday cake, you know, like I missed out on so many good 
Thanks. It's so sad. <laughs> so sad. I understand that one. Yeah. Like, come on, girl. Um, life's too short. Life's way too short. Like, if I could go back and just like taste all the cakes, I'd be so happy. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a waste. I understand that definitely. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's annoying. Um, I got into full time dance, which was um, really amazing, but also kind of horrible like well I mean it probably what reinforced all of that messaging oh, yeah. that you'd be worthy if you were like smaller and you are yeah, yeah I understand that a hundred percent like they would tell people to lose weight all the time and it was just all about looks and it was like you have to wear makeup every day because you never know who's gonna show up and you just always need to be looking like amazing and on point um in their way because let's be honest everyone looks amazing in their own way regardless but in the yeah, eyes they of want you to the fit dancing up. people yeah they want to through their lens absolutely exactly and I guess being there for two years by the end of the two years I was like deeply in my eating disorder and it was not good um of course this is all like me just wrapping it up into like a nice little story (laughs) but like um basically that's what has inspired me to do all the things that I do is my own experiences with mental health and just how hard recovery is was and is um I think that's kind of why like especially the eating disorder took me years to recover from that but I would say that I'm recovered um I don't really get thoughts or anything like that anymore I genuinely not every day but most days I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like damn I look good today and that's like a really cool feeling (laughs) yes it is we love that yeah you know when you walk past a mirror and then you go back because you're like oh who is she that's what I do (laughs) (laughs) you are the best that is what we that is the what we aspire to that is the goal that is yeah what life is all about yeah I wish that everybody did that honestly um but it took like the hardest work and like the longest time to like get to this point and I've had treatment for my OCD I've had treatment for anxiety and just treatment for my eating disorder all that kind of stuff and it just inspired me to want to help other people get to I don't want to say like get to where I am now because that sounds kind of weird more and my life's not perfect and there's still things that come up that are hard and I have to get through but I love life basically that's what I want people to get to where the point where you just like love life and you just want to be here for all of it and do all things (laughs) oh I absolutely I absolutely love that because it's like yeah it's it's not perfect. You know what I mean? It's acknowledging that, but it's also like, but I am here for it. I am living, you know, like perfect doesn't exist, but there is a beautiful place that you can get to after you've been through years and years of like anguish that makes, makes it worthwhile or at least, yeah, fuels that fire. And I I do really feel like, um, I mean, it's super common to have lived experience fuel your passions, but I don't think we give it enough justice like yeah experience is so so provoking of passion and it's so incredible to see someone like yourself like 
so devoted to change and to bringing about what you probably wish was in place when you went through all of your struggles is that right like yeah for sure and like I sometimes look at look back and I think like when you have a treating team or you know this could relate to anything really because if you have any kind of sickness or health issue even if you're just seeing a doctor for like a small little thing regardless you know it could be eating disorder or not um I think there's like this really weird thing where it's like the patient is like down here and the health professional is up here but I think it should be way more even and way more of like a collaborative approach because the health professional knows everything they know about health which is like cool and we need that but the patient is the person who knows everything about themselves and that's some of the most valuable information um and I think especially in eating disorder recovery it needs and mental health just in general it really needs to be driven by the patient because like no one can just wave a wand and like fix you or give you surgery and you're done you're fixed it really needs to be driven by the patient but that's really hard if the patient feels like on a lower level or like lesser yes so I'm trying to do something with that (laughs) that's that is so profound I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head I feel like you can get in certain professional relationships with someone and feel that sense of inferiority as the patient and that that yeah the healthcare worker is superior to you and what they say goes but you're absolutely right if you're not a active participant in your own rescue then the rescue isn't going to be a success you know you need to be invested in it yourself no one can recover for you you have to no you can have all the help in the world but you Mm -hmm. really really do have to be the one driving it yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's something that lived experience workers can bring like to anywhere. And it's like really valuable. Um, yeah. It's the most yeah. empowering thing ever to see someone who actually knows from experience what it's like. And they're not just telling you like reciting a medical textbook with statistics yeah. and yeah, the probability <laughs> of you getting better. Yeah. Cause that's not really inspiring, inspiring at the end of the day. Is it? <laughs> no, not really. Not at all. <laughs> no. Also, I love, I just want to touch on, I wasn't a dancer myself, but I did do gymnastics and I can definitely draw parallels between that, like dancing, the toxicity of the whole like world and how much emphasis is placed on your appearance. And I can completely, completely see how that could lend itself to a disordered relationship with food and your body. Like, the yeah, the amount of importance that's placed upon your reflection in these these sports particularly for girls you know is yeah it's outrageous and it's I think a blessing that you're in this world and that you're going to enter this industry with the hopes of changing that and making it a more yeah a more body positive one is that the kind of goal yeah I just want to I don't know like it's hard because sometimes you just want to shake people it sounds really yeah. harsh but you just want to shake them you can't no. um, <laughs> I love it I get that yes yeah. like that's not allowed <laughs> unfortunately <Bugger>. yeah <laughs> but um I guess all you can do is like plant seeds for people and if I kind of have like 
what's that saying? If I have my fingers in all the pies. Yes, which you definitely you know, do. Like you can, I can just be planting seeds here, there and everywhere. And it only takes like one person to like really go and think about that and then make changes themselves. It literally takes one person and then it spreads again and again and again. So I think, yeah, even if I like only can, you know, I guess plant seeds for a few people, that's still going to make like a huge difference. Um, Absolutely. Oh which my goodness. is like kind of cool. <laughs> which is spectacular. And it's what you're already doing. Like you're, you have an Instagram account called Flourish yeah. and Jesse, and you are such a advocate. You're such an ally to anyone struggling mm-hmm. with oh so many different things with OCD with eating disorders with poor body image with maybe I would maybe like exercise you know problems with the motive behind exercise and you're fierce like you are a force of nature you really do have your finger in so mm-hmm. many pies that is that is such a bizarre saying to say out loud but um <laughs> yeah when know, I said it I was like, like what <laughs> like but no, no, you're you're absolutely just you're making change in this space, and I'm so so grateful to be in this world with you because you are yeah you're fierce. Well, yeah, it's like I would agree like so much with what you said because I feel the same way about like you and everything you're doing, okay. and it's like also another thing that I think is pretty cool when you find people who just get inspired by each other and not like competitive or anything like that like it's really cool like I've met some of the coolest people and like I'm so grateful my Instagram friend that's like when I'm like oh I messaged um Imi I messaged Imogen mum's like who's that I'm like my Instagram friend mum I know I know it's like (laughs) no mum you haven't met them but trust me our connection is oh it's beyond worth But, like, I feel like we inspire each other, which is the coolest thing ever. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And there's that. I feel like we should, we should, oh, my goodness, tell our listeners um, at the start of the COVID. So that would have been 2020. Do you remember you and I decided that we'd, we'd learn headstands together? Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the kind of, that's the, um, that's the kind of connection we have for all our listeners. <laughs> very deep connection yeah that's how we that's that is the bonding the level of bonding that we've got to yeah we were just sharing headstands all day every day it was amazing it was great except you know what I still haven't mastered the splits I think I'm gonna have to accept that I'm just like I just oh the splits just don't come to me I'm trying to so used to I I could do them as a kid and anyway I've lost the ability that's very off topic but it's a sad reality (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could probably learn. It'd be a long process. I taught my mom how to do the splits. So <gasps> oh my gosh, what a legend. It's always possible. It's possible but she right. was very determined. So oh yeah. okay. I'm like, I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, would you like to explain a little bit about your your recovery journey itself? So like how did you come to the place that you're in today? What did that entail for mm-hmm. your eating disorder and your OCD and your anxiety was there anything that was really profound in your healing Mm. um I think for me realizing how intertwined the OCD and the eating disorder was um was quite interesting to me and because I think when I had my eating disorder the OCD got 
kind of hidden in a way because all of the obsessions were just around or for the most part were around food and so it kind of hid that and it hasn't been until recently that I've been able to actually tackle the OCD because the eating disorder is no longer there so it's like opened up and we can clearly see what's like going on which has been really so helpful um I can't even describe how helpful it has been for me to do an OCD program um and actually I was really nervous and like almost almost embarrassed I guess to go and do the OCD program because I thought like I'm always on here like saying or like giving people tips and like being recovered and everything like that and then I go back to hospital but then I realized it's actually like the strongest thing for me to do and if people can see that I'm doing it maybe it will give them inspiration to do the same thing um but with my eating disorder I was in and out of hospital for quite some time because I didn't want to recover you don't go to hospital and you're fixed yeah (laughs) unfortunately I so wish it was like that but it's not um I think the first few times I was there in my head I literally said to myself like who cares like you'll just go home and go back to what you were doing it doesn't matter and so of course I didn't really take on the information I didn't really learn like I didn't progress um but I think the moment for me where I really like clicked in my brain um, was I ended up in like the medical ward of a hospital and I was surrounded by beautiful people, but elderly people. And I was just in a bed and a wheelchair crying every day. <laughs> and I thought, this is just not the life. Like this is not it. Like this is beyond horrible and sad and from then I was like no I've got to do this like I've really got to do this because this just sucks and seeing my friends come and visit me like broke my heart and my family just seeing them come and visit me I don't know that just really broke me (laughs) um which I'm glad it did like sounds horrible but I'm so glad that that realization like hit me because that was kind of like the start of me actually wanting to recover for myself um of course there's still ups and downs after that like for sure but all of my admissions prior to that I'd been like nah I'm just going to go back and into my eating disorder I don't care I don't want to recover that's the weird thing about eating disorders is like often people don't like in a way you want to get better but in a way you don't Um, but finally, once that clicked in my head that I wanted to do this, that's when everything started changing. It got harder before it got easier, but it was the most worth it thing that I have ever done in my whole entire life was to like commit to recovering. Sorry, that was such a ramble. (laughs) No, no, it was or inspiring and I think every single person listening who has an eating disorder or an experience with disordered eating will absolutely relate to that ambivalence that you feel towards recovery and there is a desperate part of you the eating disorder part of you but it's 
extremely loud that obviously wants you to repel any kind of recovery incentives or you know intervention you know it's just it doesn't it doesn't want to hear that because that represents it losing control and it losing power and it makes no sense to someone that doesn't have an eating disorder because why would you want something in your life that robs you of life you know like robs you of energy and joy and memories and experiences takes all of that away and so unless you've been there you can definitely be like well why would you not want to get rid of that but an eating disorder it does give you that false sense of control and it gives you that familiarity and sometimes that just knowing what to expect that can be extremely comforting in a very maladaptive way you know it helps with you cope with things in the short term but in the long term it perpetuates whatever it is you're trying to cope with yeah completely and I also love how you said like your eating disorder feels like it has control because in so much of the work that I've been doing recently people say but my eating disorder gives me control but it it doesn't it actually having an eating disorder makes you lose control but your your eating it's so hard to even explain but your eating disorder has control you don't have control you're like giving all of your control away to like this external thing I like to think of an eating disorder as like an external thing kind of like a little gremlin sitting on my shoulder yeah like a different yeah it's a different entity yeah Yeah. and it's like this little gremlin you're giving all of your control and all of your everything to this gremlin so of course when you try and take the control back it's going to get angry and that's kind of the push pull that happens but I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but control is like such an interesting like thing in eating disorders and mental health as well. Absolutely. I like to think of it as you feel like you're in control, but in reality, you're just being controlled. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, really. Well, it it is, it is, isn't it? Sometimes it's peaceful to not have to fight, to have something that's telling you exactly what to do, when to do it and how, you know, you just, you just got to listen yeah that's finding your voice yeah and challenging that Mm. yeah for sure do you mind me asking Jesse how your OCD manifests or manifested yeah sure um I think for me it still is definitely a part of my life I think majority of mental illnesses don't really go away you just learn how to um keep them at bay and deal with them really really well which is how I'm feeling with my OCD at the moment um it's definitely still there it like pops up at times but I've become so much better at dealing with it that it's not like a constant thing in my mind it's just like a random pops up um I had some different weird ones which is why it kind of took a little bit longer to um pick up on I guess and also me hiding things because I thought it was weird oh I relate I relate so deeply (laughs) um yeah I feel like a lot of people um will relate to that too but also it's nice for me to hear you relate to it like do you you want to hear yeah well do you want to hear something really really reassuring well yeah someone with 
without OCD might balk at this, but I know that as someone with OCD, you'll understand. When I was 14, this is when my OCD first reared its ugly head for like, to the point of it being like, I need to deal with this. What is this going on? Mm. I was convinced that I had murdered someone and forgotten about it because I got all of these really ugly, graphic, intrusive thoughts and I thought that they were maybe memories of something and I had this obsession that I was a threat to the to the world and that I needed to hide and I actually wanted at one point to hand myself into police because I thought, oh, I'm a threat to these, to humankind. And it wasn't until I got education on what OCD was that I realised that I was having intrusive thoughts that a lot of, like all of us get intrusive thoughts. People with OCD tend to attach meaning to these thoughts or place more emphasis and attention on them than perhaps a quote-unquote healthy person. And so had I maybe known this, I wouldn't have spent so much time thinking I was absolutely insane. But do not worry, you're not alone here in thinking like, (laughs) wow, I had some crazy manifestations of OCD because OCD doesn't, yeah, it's always irrational. It always sounds really weird to say, but it is OCD. Yeah, for sure. No, I like in a weird way really enjoy hearing other people's um experiences and like stories it's like I find it for me personally really helpful but especially because the only thing that I ever knew about OCD was like people wash their hands which is like the biggest stereotype ever and like I guess lately on my Instagram I've been trying to bring attention to that um because some people do have a thing with washing their hands but a lot a lot a lot of people don't um so personally I get intrusive thoughts like um just really ugly just like ugly pictures in my head yeah oh yeah it's Um, horrific yeah and even this is like hard to explain but if I'm having a dream I like lose control of my dream and like say I'm like dancing on stage suddenly my feet are stuck to the ground suddenly my hands are stuck to the ground and I can't move and I'm trapped and then everything is up in flames and I'm like really trapped it's like daydreaming you know when you're daydreaming and you're like controlling what's happening because you're just kind of staring out the window yes absolutely yeah except then like all of these things just pop up and then I'm trapped and then it's a whole mess of a situation so that happens for me um I really have and this is going to be potentially a touchy thing I guess maybe yeah that's I like a lot of people believe in manifestation and I do to an extent you have to be very careful with OCD no oh it started to really ruin my life quite honestly and I I say it's like touchy because like some people just wholeheartedly believe and hold so much meaning to manifestation and I don't want to take away from that take away anyone's like love and appreciation for manifestation but for me it was horrible because I thought that I was manifesting all of these horrible things like when the lockdown happened I was convinced that it was because I had thought it yeah so things like that was really hard or if I thought I'd get an intrusive thought like 
my pa has died. And then I'd have to replace the thought with like positive thoughts because otherwise it would happen. No, Jesse, yeah. I feel like everyone listening who's got a experience with OCD is just going to be absolutely nodding their head in understanding right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like, yeah, people just don't, don't know that this is the kind of um, stuff that like happens. Um, but that's what it was for me. And I wasn't like into germs and things, but everything had to be tidy. It had to be in its spot. And maybe it wasn't the correct spot for someone else, but it was the correct spot for me. And if it wasn't in the correct spot, it was like something bad was going to happen. It was like impending doom. Yeah. Like I didn't know what it was, but I just knew it was something bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's like if I don't do X, why will occur and I'm not sure yeah. what the specifics of why are but I know I don't want it to happen so I'm gonna yeah. do x <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly um I, I yeah. completely understand that mm. I wish it was more commonly depicted in the media as well and not just the stereotypical forms of OCD because I feel like if there was more of an awareness about how it real like really commonly manifests itself there would be more people getting help and there would be more people able to access support and there would be less shame around like speaking up and saying, I think I have something wrong with me. Cause it's what you think. Oh my goodness. I'm broken as a human being. What am I thinking like this for? And then you realize like when I was finally put in touch with OCD professionals, it was like my whole world changed and it was the most reassuring thing in on the planet to be, finally met with someone who understood and was like no sis it's okay you're not crazy (laughs) yeah yeah completely because you start to question yourself as a person almost you're like I'm a bad person because I'm thinking these bad things but that's just not it at all no no absolutely I really this really sat with me for a really long time I mean it's it still sits with me today in the best way possible but at a psychiatrist years ago who explained that OCD thoughts are egodystonic so that means that they occur in conflict with your with your ego and your your morals and your values rather than being egosyntonic so occurring in alignment with your values so I think for those like that sounds all complex but I think we attach ourselves to our OCD some thoughts sometimes and we think oh that was so horrific that means I'm a horrific person but actually the reason why it's such a scary thought to us is because it is so distant from the person that we actually are deep down. You know, it scares us because it's the it's it's supposed to scare us, you know, not because we want it to happen. You know, you're having this awful thought because that's yeah. what your brain wants you to feel fear, not because it wants that thought to happen. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's completely true. It's just, a, it's a shame. Well, it's not a shame. It's um, it's a shame that the world doesn't understand this, but it's a blessing that there are people like you in it mm-hmm. making sure we rewrite the script of what it means to have OCD. I saw that post that you had up the other day on that phrase, oh, my God, I'm so OCD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one makes my blood boil. Yeah. It's said so often and I was just sick of hearing it, so I was like, I'm going to post about it. And it's not uh like attacking anyone who said it because everyone has points in their life when they're less educated about topics it's more just like once you are educated 
do something about it. Um, That's like more the thing, but it is so aggravating, (laughs) honestly, aggravating when people say, oh my God, I'm so OCD today. No, 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 you're not, you know, because there's people out there who like spend their whole days suffering and you know just because you like tidied up one thing (laughs) does not mean you have OCD or you know you don't want to invalidate someone else's struggle absolutely um, which is why it's so not okay I personally think anyway um just because you don't want to invalidate people um and the people who are saying it aren't people who have OCD. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because someone with OCD would know that it extends far beyond the scopes of cleanliness or, yeah, tidiness or anything like that. It's much deeper yeah. rooted than that. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, I'm really fascinated to know because you are so um, so passionate about fitness and your Pilates and yoga and dancing. Mm-hmm. Did your eating disorder ever take advantage of movement? And did you, how'd you heal that? Yeah, so this is like a really big passion of mine. Um, I've always been like an active kid and I feel like you can relate to this one too. Like always been an active kid. I was always dancing and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, I've loved Pilates and yoga for like a really long time, like since like the middle of high school. So it was always just something that I did. Um, unfortunately, my eating disorder definitely corrupted all of those things. Um, I was even in my very unwell states, trying to go to just as many classes as I could and choosing the most intense classes where usually I don't do that. Usually I I choose what I'm feeling like, but yeah, I would go for the most intense classes. I'd go to a class at least every day. I'd go for runs. Uh, I hate running. Why am I running? (laughs) I hate running. I actually hate it. And I was going for runs. Like that's when you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when there is an issue. Yeah. That's when everyone knows. Red flag. That's when my family was like, she's not okay she's running <laughs> Jesse's red flag starts running yeah literally literally um I took a break um my treatment team actually told me to take a break from exercise and I did that I honored it I actually didn't exercise for like oh, excuse me I want to say like at least one and a half years at least good on you that for someone Um, that's so passionate about what you do that is a massive feat and for anyone that's a massive feat good on you yeah yeah thank you and yeah for anyone else who's done the same thing like I feel you it's so hard it was really hard um I think it's actually was one of the most important things that I did in my recovery because not only did it allow my my body to recover it allowed me to heal my relationship with exercise because I wasn't trying to do it all the time but also it showed me that no matter what my body is going to sit where it wants to sit because I wasn't exercising but my weight wasn't going up and up and up and up and up it was sitting in the same spot not moving I wasn't exercising like I was just chilling out 
So for me, that was a super important thing to realize um, because now like over the Christmas and New Year period, I didn't exercise at all. Not because of any real reason, but I was just busy and I was doing other things. But it's been so rewarding to learn that because now I don't have to stress. You know, when people stress because they think, when am I going to work out? When am I going to fit in exercise? Well, now I know that I can leave leave it for a few weeks and my body's going to be fine. It knows exactly what to do. So for me, having that really big break from exercise showed me a lot of things, which was really, really helpful. I love that. I think a lot of people would be blown away to realize the actual disconnect that exists between movement and how your body looks. You know, it's actually not very intertwined. There's so many like toxic parts of society like diet culture you know you know (laughs) a lot of the fitness industry like they make them seem like we should exercise to produce a certain body type but the reality is our bodies for the most part what they look like is determined by our genetics and not how we move them and therefore we should be able to move them in a way that elicits joy and no other way you know like you shouldn't have to do running if you hate running you know if you're Jesse and you hate running you should not have to run oh completely and like (laughs) you won't catch me (laughs) you won't catch me doing it you won't catch me doing it at all (laughs) exactly and I think that's so amazing to have said you know like there is like rest in itself is so demonized by so many yeah from so many Mm. different places in the you know Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know how demonized rest is, but separating movement from how you look is so important. And I think taking time to, if you have an eating disorder or you have any kind of disordered relationship with movement, I feel like taking time away from it to exist without it and to realize that you can exist without it and you can be happy without it and your body is healthy without it that just means Mm -hmm. that you get to spend the rest of your days moving in a way that is actually joyful rather than compulsive and awful and completely hideous because what's the point like like we've said before life is too short a hundred percent I only do movement that I enjoy and that is like that is it and I love teaching Pilates because I get to sing and dance to music while I'm moving oh my gosh fun oh, a vibe yes I like I get to feel strong um which I love then yoga I pride myself in my playlists like if anyone who's come to my classes is listening they'll know oh. I pride myself <laughs> in playlists nailed it yes <laughs> um and it's just about that breath with the music and a little bit of movement something about it is just oh it feels like I'm floating on a cloud it's amazing I love it i there's never a time when I don't really enjoy a class. Like I really love it. Um, and I've started doing more stuff at the gym cause I'm doing my training for that. But like I got a PT so I could really learn off them. And my family was a bit uh, like cautious about me doing yeah. that, um, which completely fair enough. But for me, my PT was like, let's do the Stairmaster. Anyway, I did that once, 
and I hated it and I've never done it again because I'm not going to do things that aren't fun and that was not fun I'm not doing it no I love (laughs) that and it's like excuse me no boundaries not something I don't enjoy my life is too precious to spend doing something that is awful (laughs) well literally that's why I think people don't understand about exercise if it's not fun I don't know why you're doing it like some things at the gym I love and I think are so fun like oh like a leg press oh my god so fun I actually like find enjoyment from that that stairmaster I was like nope never again never ever again and I swear I haven't actually done it again because I know I hate it I'm not doing it no. I'm a bit sassy with that I'm like no oh you're the best I just want to say too I completely relate do you know what I absolutely hate I think I've done like a count on one hand how many times I've tried to do it but I tried to like hit workouts at one point because that's what was popular and I hated every second I was like yeah this is sucks I'm never doing this again and I like you I'm actually quite stubborn in my decision I am (laughs) not gonna do that thank you very much I would mm -mm. (laughs) yeah no like I love that. I love how we get all sassy about this. We're just like, no, I'm actually not doing it. But more people should be like that because it's true. Your life is precious. And why would you waste your precious time doing something you don't even like? And like, and what for? That's what you really got to ask yourself. Like, what for? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what? What's your reason? Absolutely. Um, so if you don't love it go and find something else because I assure you there is a form of movement that you'll like but you've got to love it and that's just part of it and you've got to have good boundaries with yourself like honestly I haven't been to the gym in two months because I just didn't feel like going um and like I'm going to listen to my body with that I've just done yoga because that's all I felt like doing no it's honoring that hundred percent. And I think people often push themselves being like, no, I said I was going to go three times a week. I'm going to go three times a week, but that's actually, I just don't really believe that. I think your body knows best. And if you, if you genuinely don't want to go, then don't go. No, absolutely. And being able to be in a place where you can honor your body is probably, and what you, what you genuinely want is probably the best sign that you're in a good place with your you know with your relationship with movement because I think if ever it gets to the point where you feel like you have to move not because you know I'm not moving because I want to I'm moving because I don't have a choice major red flag you know what I mean like movement isn't something that you should have to do it's something that you should want to do yeah completely completely and oh I I also I feel like oh I'm it's just Movement is so like in my head, stereotypical. Mm-hmm. I think of exercise, do you know what I mean? In quotation marks. So like, yeah. like the stereotypical forms of exercise, like going to the gym and running and swimming. And we don't think of movement as something like movement and exercise can also just be like dancing in your undies to a really good playlist in your bedroom. Oh, That's heck movement. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it doesn't have to be that like inactive where sweating up a storm. It can be yeah. Yeah, cleaning, vacuuming, that's a workout, I reckon. Oh, it completely is. Especially if completely. you've got an awesome playlist going on. Yeah, like even for myself, I was like out at the clubs the other night. and <laughs> Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was dancing and sweating, I was thinking, God damn, this is like, this is a workout. And the next day I was like, 
Oh no, I'm not doing yoga today. I'm worn out from all my hardcore dance moves on the D floor last night. You know, yes. it's things you oh. don't even think about. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's when you know you're having the the time of your life and it's yeah. not it's not bloody compulsive at all. It's the best time ever. It's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, what is your what does your life look like now? What's still what's puts a spark in your eyes? Hmm. Actually, it's funny that you say that because so many people have said that my eyes look so sparkly at the moment. And that is like the best compliment the I think I can ever receive. And it is true though, like when you're unwell, whether that's with an eating disorder, with like depression or just any other form of illness, the sparkle does leave your eyes. It really does. And to have a sparkle in your eyes is like, that should be the goal. Because I remember thinking when I was unwell and at this point that I'm speaking about, I was underweight. I was like, I look great. I look amazing. I look back at photos now. My eyes are dead. There's like no life there. And for me now, like to be able to, for other people to see a sparkle in my eyes and for me to see it is like the most amazing thing. And my heart just like is so warm. But for me now, my life is just... A few words to describe it would be fun, adventure, and love. I oh, think that just makes like absolutely yeah. <laughs> cry happy tears. That's so good. I have space for those things. Like I have space for love. Like even when I was like really depressed, like a few years ago, or even a year ago, to be honest, when I was really depressed, I didn't have space for love. I didn't have space for those kind of things. And I do now. My life is so loving. I have all these beautiful friends and beautiful family. I have a beautiful boyfriend. Shout out. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> you go. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, but I have space for love. Um, I have fun. I do things that light me up. Um, and I have a sense of adventure that I never really had before. Like I just want to say I have a problem with saying yes to everything that can get a little out of hand, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Your schedule gets busted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But like saying yes to like new things. And um, I think that's really cool as well, but just living a life that I'm passionate about, like that's the most important thing. And Oh my God, it is making me emotional because I'm like just realizing how, father I've personally come um in it's been like a long time but a short time you know yeah um no I understand yeah no it's actually spectacular and I'm not sure if there are a lot of people who haven't faced I mean I suppose this immense appreciation for seeing life in color versus in black Mm. and white really comes from going through so much so much hardship and if there is any silver lining to it it is that you get to see life through this lens now that is extra spectacular. You know, you appreciate having the space for love (laughs) and laughter and passion and joy because there was a time when you didn't have that. And so what a remarkable thing it is for you to be living this life (laughs) that finally feels so full of just that life. You know, that's, Mm. 
that is the goal and that's what I don't think is there's not enough emphasis placed on that in recovery you know you don't believe that exists for yourself but well you're proof aren't you like yeah (laughs) there is this life full of passion and love that is waiting yeah a hundred percent like I just wish that everyone can find this at some point in their life because it's it's the most amazing feeling like as I said before like not every day is perfect and amazing but majority of my days are and that's what is the coolest is that most of the time their days filled with love and passion and excitement and it's amazing and I just wish everyone could find a place like this um and even when those like hard days come or those down days come I know that the good days will come back and so it makes those down days just that little bit easier as well it doesn't feel like it's like this ongoing thing that never ends I know it's going to end like nothing is permanent nothing is stagnant so it's always going to keep moving and flowing and the good day will come again that's (laughs) absolutely that's so beautiful Jesse, would you have anything, just a piece of advice to offer someone who's going through something really hard at the moment, but who are striving towards having a life full of love and everything that makes life worth living? Mm-hmm. Yeah, life is worth living. That's the main thing. Even when you feel like it's not, it it really is. And life is a blessing and it doesn't always feel like that. And so I don't want to invalidate by saying life is a blessing, but I truly believe that it is. And yeah, one of my favorite quotes, which I just said is nothing is stagnant. And I think that's something that really helps me. And I hope that it can help someone um, that's like in a hard time because nothing stays still. Everything's always moving. So whatever hard time you're in right now, it's not going to stay forever. And the good things will come again, like for sure. And just like a bit of like my body positivity vibes, (laughs) it doesn't matter what you look like. You can do anything that you want to. If you want to go to the gym and you don't have muscles, go to the gym. If you want to go to the gym and you feel like you're in a bigger body, go to the gym. If you want to wear a bikini, I don't care what you look like, wear the bikini. (laughs) If you want to wear a crop top, I don't care what you look like, wear the crop top. Like whatever body you're in, do it. Do Do it, it. do it, do it. Live your life. Yeah. Oh, that's so so spectacular. Jesse, where can our fabulous listeners find your fabulous self? Fun. Um, I have an Instagram account, which is Flourishing Jesse. So you can come over there if you you know, enjoyed my rambles. Um, <laughs> the best rambles, by the way, the best. Um, yeah, if you do come over, like, say hi. I love replying to people's messages and, like, connecting with people. I think that's the best. So if you ever want to say hi or if I've said something and, like, you have a question as well, I'm also happy to, like, expand. I'll probably send you a voice message. I can never be bothered typing. No, but I will pre- definitely get back to you. <laughs> I love it. It feels so human too when you get like a voice message. Just feels so it's yeah. a different kind of bond, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's nice. Um, I will link your gorgeous self in the show notes below too, mm-hmm. so everyone can find you there. Jesse, it's been an 
actual honor to have you on the show. It's it's been the highlight of my whole week. I just feel so smiley. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for being your absolutely remarkable self. No, thank you for having me. Oh.